Well, hey everybody and a very big welcome to you. You're joining me here. I'm in Austin, Texas and it's awesome to be able to join you from wherever I am in my world to wherever you are in your world. If we haven't already met, my name is Pastor Craig and I'm really excited to be able to bring this midweek teaching to you uh, here from Austin, Texas as our family vacates and just gets away for a couple of days and spends some time with family that's visiting us from South Africa. Before we jump into the Word, let's pray together and then we will uh, explore what God has for us this midweek service. Father, we thank you so much that we can come together from wherever we are in the world. We thank you that you are a God that doesn't have any boundaries, that can have His Word enter our hearts no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people around the world said, Amen and Amen. Well, as we vacate as a family here in Austin, Texas, we've been traveling around a little bit and showing some family members around this awesome country that we now call home. It's just awesome to be able to take a few days out and join you. And I was going to be sharing some of the sights and sounds from Austin, but on the day of recording, hey, it poured with rain. So here we are in our little hotel room recording the message. And I'm sure that Lord, the Lord will work with whatever we discuss today. We really wanted to make it informal today and just chat a little bit more around what it means to accept the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Having just come out of an incredible Easter service, having just come out of an incredible celebration of Jesus' resurrection, I was thinking along the lines of, well, why, why is the resurrection so important? Why is the resurrection such an integral part of our belief structure? And uh, we, we, when we have a look at differences in the world, when we have a look at things that set other things apart. In fact, if you just think about a vacation, uh, it's incredible how different people can have different things that happen on a vacation that either makes a vacation good or not so good. Uh, maybe you're not like me and when you go on vacation you like to just lie on the beach and read a book. Maybe you don't like people. Maybe you don't like being around a lot of other people. Maybe a good vacation for you is if the accommodation is really good. Maybe the vacation for you is good when you have done as much adrenaline sports as you possibly can in one week. Whatever that one thing in a vacation is that makes it different for you, it's pretty unique. It's, it's pretty rare that two people will have exactly the same thing that makes something special for them. It's part of our DNA. It's, it's part of our makeup. It's part of our family history that make things unique for us. Uh, a certain smell will trigger a certain memory. Uh, a certain line from a song will trigger a certain memory. We've all got very specific things that we hold on to that differentiate our memories, differentiate our emotions, differentiate our vacations. And so we thought, I thought of this when considering, well, what differentiates our Christian belief structure and so many of us have got our favorite scripture, our favorite speaker, our sp favorite prophet or our favorite prophecy or our favorite worship song or whatever it is. We've all got our little bits and pieces of favorite things about our belief structure and, and our worship of God that makes it very unique for us. But overall, when we have a look at it, Jesus really is the common denominator in setting aside our Christian belief structure with the rest of beliefs around the world. Jesus Christ really did take things to a whole different level. He, he changed the way we think and He changed the way we think about our purpose and our future. 
And when we have a look at Jesus himself, Jesus was very interesting because really when we look at, at Jesus and what he did, as is, is I just open up my notes here, you might want to open up your notes, but some of the things that Jesus did, anyone could have done. Some of the, the, the things that Jesus did may have been able to be explained away or some of the things he said, otherwise people could have, could have maybe come up with. Maybe some of the miracles and some of the stories that we heard about Jesus Maybe some of those things have been distorted over history and some of the, the words that Jesus spoke or the situations that he was in, anybody could have said or done. In fact, hey, there were a number of other people who died on a cross during the Roman persecution of the Christian belief and the Jewish belief structures. Uh, stage show magicians pull rabbits out of the hat. Uh, Jesus pulled food out of a basket. Uh, maybe it was just a trick. Maybe it was just something that anybody could have done or anybody could have said and and when we have a look at Jesus in that light from a from somebody who doesn't necessarily believe Jesus was real well you know we can have a look at at Roman history and prove that Jesus was a man and that he existed we can have a look at Roman history and Josephus and many other writers of the time that weren't biblical writers or biblical scholars that wrote about Jesus we know that Jesus walked the face of the planet and we know that Jesus was put to death but as a good prophet, as a good man, as, a, as somebody who was martyred for his belief structure, that doesn't really set him apart. That doesn't really, that's not the thing that makes our vacation different. That's not the thing that makes our memories different. That's not the thing that makes our belief structure necessarily different and unique. What gives us the edge? If Jesus was just an ordinary man that did ordinary things with some hype and some exaggeration from the locals, what is the thing that Jesus did that makes him so different? We have a belief structure that he died on the cross and took our sins, but that could just be how we feel about his death. That could just be what, what makes him special to us. That could just be the key differentiator that we need to believe in Jesus. Today's discussion is really not about whether or not we believe in Jesus, but really what it is that makes him so different. What made him change the very spiritual fiber, the very supernatural fiber of the universe? And when we have a look at Jesus, we think that, hey, you know, when all said and done, there must have been one thing that Jesus did that was completely different. For him to have that kind of unique impact on our belief structure, there has to be have some, been something done that nobody else could have done. No exaggeration could have made up. No tall stories or old wives tales could have created this one thing that happened. There was that one thing that he did that, that ripped the understandable, comprehensible, the understood world and tore, in, tore us into this supernatural, unseen, eternal world. The things that we might have explained away, we might have given logic to, we might have reasoned away. Well, maybe he didn't actually die on the cross. Maybe he just fell into a deep coma and, and wasn't really resurrected on the third day. Maybe, maybe he didn't do all those miracles. Maybe they were just coincidences. Hey, there are scientists that are even trying to explain away the creation of the earth through the theory of evolution. So I can tell you now that there are people who are trying to explain away the miracles of Jesus. Oh, Jesus isn't my king. Well, that means that you haven't accepted Jesus as having taken your sins on the cross. So therefore, he was just a martyr that died for his beliefs. But when we have a look at that one thing that he had to do to revolutionize, to turn the entire belief structure of all humanity on its head, 
that was to die and be resurrected on the third day. That resurrection is what changes everything. And so when when it comes to our faith, our religious practice, when I'm talking about faith, I'm talking about what you fill in on the on the form where it says faith, and we, we say Christian or, or Catholic or Methodist or Baptist, I'm talking about our religious structure of belief. This death and resurrection of Jesus Christ made a massive impact on that religious belief structure. But Past that, deeper than that, further than that, just our faith in what we believe, our faith in what we hope for, the Hebrews 11 kind of faith that we're referring to, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ changes all of that too. Our belief that death cannot even conquer us gives us a faith, gives us a hope, gives us a purpose, gives us an eternity like no other belief structure. Because you see, no other belief structure has this one event in it that completely changes our understanding of our 80 to 90 years on the earth and then beyond. Christianity's core belief is that the Son of God took on human form. Now we can comprehend that. We can explain that away. Well, maybe he was just a normal baby that was born. He wasn't really God coming. Yes, we know that Jesus was born. He died for our sins. Well, that's the story that we have in our hearts about the cross and from Scripture about the cross. But then the big what question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark event is, and then He rose from the dead to give us eternal life. But if Jesus didn't come back to life, if He didn't or wasn't resurrected on the third day, it completely undoes His claim to be this all-powerful, eternal Son of God. He's no longer the Messiah. He's no longer the Savior. It undoes every prophecy. It undoes every promise of God. It nullifies God's Word. And it fundamentally causes our belief structure, both faith and religious belief structure, to be completely non-existent. It causes everything we know to implode. So Christianity, fundamentally, your belief structure, my belief structure, Christianity really hangs on the resurrection. The differentiating thing, the thing that makes your vacation different might be unique to you, but the thing that makes our Christian belief structure completely unique, completely different from the rest of all other belief structures, that has to be the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your faith, your hope hangs on the resurrection. Your ability to comprehend that Jesus was definitely dead and was supernaturally resurrected on the third day. And not just believe that as a story. Believe that as a core element of your faith. Believe that as a core element of your hope. That's pretty important. It's one of the core elements of our belief that that completely relies on blind faith. It completely relies on our ability to believe that that supernatural event happened. The good works and the good deeds that Jesus did, they are things that we can understand. They are things that we can comprehend. They are things that we can really get our minds around. We can explain them away or we can explain them that they existed. That we can either refer to them as a fact or we can refer to them as fiction. But either way, we are relying on our understanding to explain those good words and good deeds that Jesus did. That appeals to our logic. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ, whether we are in a good or a bad situation, when we believe in that resurrection through faith, the resurrection of the Christ 
through faith unlocks that which completely defies logic. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 12 to 19. And I'm going to read those seven verses from the Passion Translation. But those few verses there really unpack the importance of the resurrection in our lives. This differentiator, this one thing that completely turns our belief structure on its head. The one thing that makes our vacation really, really good. Have a look at what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12 to 19. It says, the importance of the resurrection. This is what it says. The message we preach is Christ, who has been raised from the dead. So how could any of you possibly say there is no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection, if there's no such thing as a resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ Jesus has been raised. And if Christ had not been raised, all our preaching has been for nothing, and your faith is useless. If Christ was not raised from the dead, Scripture tells us our faith is useless. Moreover, if the dead are not raised, that would mean that we are false witnesses who are misrepresenting God. And that would mean that we have preached a lie stating that God raised him from the dead, if in reality he didn't. If the dead aren't raised up, that would mean that Christ has not been raised up either. And if Christ is not alive, you are still lost in your sins, and your faith is a fantasy. It would also mean that those believers in Christ who have passed away have simply perished. If the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all others. Paul puts it very directly that if there's no resurrection in our belief structure, we're pretty much wrong and off the charts. We pretty much have got it wrong completely. He says it, our preaching would have been a lie and our faith is a fantasy. We should be pitied if Jesus didn't, wasn't resurrected. Jesus lived, was crucified, and he was raised on the third, third, third day. What do we have? Do we have anything that we can base our belief in this resurrection on. If it's so important, surely we should be hunting scriptures. Surely we should be hunting the, the halls of our faith in our heart to find that which we need to grab onto. I don't want my faith to be a fantasy. I don't want my faith to be a lie. I genuinely want to know that Jesus Christ was alive and he's made me alive through all of the things that are trying to make me dead inside. The Jewish authorities try to cover up that resurrection with money. The Roman government try to cover it up with violence. Modern skeptics try to argue it away. But it is there. It existed. Something happened on the third day to completely change the way the disciples reacted and responded. If we have a look at these eyewitnesses that, that believe that he was resurrected, these, these eyewitnesses, and we have a look at their behavior after the cross, we have a look at their behavior after Jesus died in those three-day window of, of Jesus' death and resurrection. Some hung around to see whether or not what he promised was true. But others retracted and retreated into their normal natural behavior. There was no behavioral change really for them after the death of Jesus Christ. They mourned. They, they were sorrowful. They were saddened by his death. But there was no real deep behavioral change that radically changed their faith story. They were still operating in their understanding. They understood that Jesus was now dead. They were still operating in their logic. They were thinking through how sad they were about Jesus being dead. But no behavioral faith behavioral change happened with them. And so when we have a look at all of these eyewitnesses, 
when we have a look at, for example, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 to 8, those first few verses before the ones that I've just read now, it says this, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 8, For I have shared with you what I have received, this is Paul speaking, and what is of utmost importance, what is utmost importance. The Messiah died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecies of Scripture. He was buried in a tomb and was raised from the dead after three days, as foretold in the Scriptures. Then he appeared to Peter the Rock and to the twelve apostles. He also appeared to more than 500 of his followers at the same time, most of whom are still alive as I write this. Though a few have passed away, then he appeared to James or Jacob and to all the apostles. Last of all, he appeared in front of me like one born prematurely, ripped from the womb. So Paul alludes to the fact that there were hundreds of people that saw Jesus. Now surely, if the resurrection were true, death was something that they knew how to handle. Death was something that was in their vocabulary, in their logic vocabulary. They, were, they knew how to mourn. They knew how to be saddened by death. So the death of Jesus Christ, even though it was of paramount importance to our sins and our faith walk and our relationship with God, the full impact of his death had not really hit them where as soon as he was dead. And so surely if there was this event, this death of Christ in their lives that they could comprehend, surely if this one event that happened that they could understand didn't really change them that much. They, they just retreated into their normal behavior, their mourning, their normal humanistic, human logic behavior. But then something else happened. To these eyewitnesses, they saw the risen Jesus Christ. They saw something, they experienced something that defied their logic, but excited their faith. It, it did something to them on the inside. Thomas, when he touched Jesus' side, when he touched the, the holes of Jesus' hand, there was something that went past his logic and deep into his faith psyche, deep into his hope, deep into his purpose. And that was the fact that they saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. And surely if that changed them that radically, there would be marked behavior change in them. They wouldn't just go back to their normal ways. No, their very core had been shook. Their very understanding had been put aside and their faith genuinely called into question. So after they, they saw Jesus, after they saw the Christ, they changed. They changed completely. In fact, the death of Jesus affected them, but the resurrection of Jesus changed them. Peter, who had denied knowing him in Matthew chapter 26, bold, spoke boldly to entire crowds. He stood up to the Jewish Sanhedrin. He endured flogging and finally went to prison, but would never stop preaching about the resurrection. This was the same Peter that before and on the night of Jesus' death retracted into his normal behavior. But when he saw Jesus resurrected, his entire demeanor, his entire character switched from logic and understanding to faith. Stephen died insisting on Jesus' resurrection in Acts chapter 7. He died. He put his life on the line. He, he, he ended his life and he would not recant from seeing Jesus resurrected. There was no benefit in these people, in these hundreds of people making this claim. There, there was no earthly benefit. But up until that point, the disciples had retracted, had hidden, had, had pushed themselves away, had run off to Emmaus. They were all going in different directions. They had retracted into their normal behavior. But the eyewitnesses that saw Jesus changed their entire behavior, willing to give up their lives for what? For their faith. 
that they knew that Jesus was alive. It was a completely and crazy peculiar claim, something that they wouldn't have done unless they had genuinely seen Jesus raised. Claiming that Jesus had risen granted them absolutely no earthly rewards. Paul was a persecutor of the church. Jesus appeared to him. And then once he started claiming in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, well, he became a pauper. He now had to work and and preach and, and fundamentally ended his life believing in resurrection. This belief, this radical change in this message that they spoke of Jesus as being resurrected under the, Germ- under the Roman regime was completely suicidal. They, they, they were putting themselves in the way of death. There's no theory that can explain the eyewitnesses' accounts and the extreme change in behavior and these near-suicidal teachings that they stuck to, except that Jesus really was resurrected. Because of that, because knowing that they, they were changed radically by that one unique thing that they all had in common, seeing Jesus resurrected. Because of that, we can have hope that we too will rise with Him one day and meet Him. The impact of this resurrection changed their behavior. The impact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ should change ours as well. When he says in John chapter 11 and verse 25 that I am the resurrection and the life, the one who believes in me will live even though they die, means that we have got to be radically changed by this resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have got to be radically transformed, not just by the death of Jesus. That's something that we can get into our logic. We can understand that Scripture says that one man has to be sacrificed once for all time for sin. We can understand all of that. Jesus accomplished that. But if we stop our belief structure, we are on the borderline. We have a little bit of faith and a little bit of understanding. But to push through to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and understand what that means for our change of behavior, well, that's radical faith. That's when we start having a look at life in the supernatural. You see, Jesus was put to death naturally. In the natural was what I'm talking about. His death was not natural, but you know what I mean. His death was in the physical. They physically put his body to death, but they could not kill the spirit. They could not kill Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was raised on the third day and was alive and well, if not more powerful because of his testimony at the the cross in your life. And so this, this the resurrection of Jesus Christ means that, hey, this, there's got to be more to resurrection. And we think very quickly of the story of Lazarus. Lazarus in, in John chapter 11, uh, get, Jesus gets called that Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary. And so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, 